This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup, just like a front three of Reese, Keane and Frockyar, right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning, this might be podcasting meets therapy, but Monday morning, a couple of days on, have you shaken off that vile ending to the game or is it still hurting? Yeah, well they say that time's a great healer, don't they? And walking off Deepdale, I've scarcely been more deflated walking off a ground ever. And having been to like hundreds of games, that's quite a feat really. A lot of pride as well. Like obviously, it's not not necessarily the first emotion that you might draw when Northern get beat and concede two in stoppage time. But I thought there was great admiration in the way that we went about trying to defend our one 0 lead. But yeah, Monday morning now, I'm not feeling too bad. But walking off the ground was um, was particularly glum. For the second time this season, I had my fine on-the-whistle piece ready. The headline was there. Preston had dug in like never before. This is what this group can do. Yeah. And you've just got to get rid of the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, you forget it's, that. It's, real, it's a real pain in the ass. Like, yeah, I could, yeah, I could And then you've got to try and produce words to sum up how you're feeling. Obviously, as a fan, it's extremely hard. But, I mean, we did so much right for so much of that game one particular player aside, and then you just leave with nothing. And they are just like, what has happened there? At least you're not working for like the BBC who make you do... I think they give you something like eight minutes after the final whistle, don't they, to produce an on-the-whistle match report, which is now impossible to do so <laughs> yeah. when you want to look in 96th minute and end up losing 2-1. Yeah, there's a, there's a journal from the Mirror who's been around the block for several years and we get on superbly well. He's very entertaining. And he gave, Gets it alright, tis when he has to change everything. It's so funny. Well, he said well, he yeah, jettisoned I'm... his entire report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that being particularly infuriating. 
especially obviously as a North End supporter, which you are, first and foremost, it must be incredibly tough to then go on and have to sort of describe Cardiff brutally yeah. and cruelly taking all three points. Mm. The, na- the narrative that. completely flips, doesn't it? It really oh, yeah. does, in the space the of three minutes. Day. Backs to the wall, jubilant day, like great tenacity and pride and everything. Priceless and three points. One more step towards hoisting the Riddler aloft and then all of a sudden you're well and truly grounded and humbled by this thing. But yeah, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't going to drink actually. Well, no, I was going to drink, but I wasn't going to have a real heavy night. But um, you just had to hit the bottle after that. I mean, if you went home and didn't drink after that, then kudos to you because you've got more willpower than I do. But you just had to take yourself out of that predicament and just take yourself to another world, I thought. Did it kill the atmosphere at your 30th birthday? But not your 30th birthday party, but the 30th birthday party you attended. Was it a good do? Not really. Yeah, it was a good do, to be fair. I didn't notice that the mood changed in any way, particularly. I suppose when it starts couple of hours after after the end you know you sort of got time to reflect and just come to terms with what you've just seen so no it didn't really have a lasting effect on the do which was a good do enjoyed it uh, and I was home for about one o'clock which I was delighted by because I was I was scared about getting lured into town but I managed to stave off all comers um, mm. and didn't attend town so I was quite happy with that on the slide still felt rough yesterday though pretty horrendous yes. I went Milano. I was on Friday. He wasn't in. On Friday, the great, the great man. Yeah, I went to Nico, didn't I? Went, oh, sorry. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, top draw, really good. Just hit the spot. You went away from your usual mo, which is the plain naan bread. What's mo? Occasional dip. Modus operandi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Mix was packed to be expected of a place of such quality. Yeah. That's such prestige, yeah. So I just nip, store, nip, nip next door, but yeah. I mean, Blackburn, before the break, Cardiff, after the break, you couldn't have a... It's chalk and cheese, isn't it? Absolute joy to complete crushing cruelty. I suppose that's just sport, though. Yeah, it is. Like, you have those like, ridiculous highs. Like, you could never be higher walking off the ground after Blackburn, probably. Yeah. And then you could... Very rarely be lower than walking off Cardiff at home when you want up after 96 minutes and get beat 2-1. Right. Yeah. But that's why we keep going back. Because could you imagine, it's obviously not nice to sort of imagine, but could you imagine being in that Cardiff end? I didn't I, look at the away end, but I imagine it went abs- you just completely lose your mind, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah, it was quite good to be fair watching it. I didn't appreciate it at the time, obviously, because um, this is just that horrible low feeling, but yeah, the away went tits. I, I just couldn't believe there wasn't anybody encroaching on the playing area. Kudos to them. Yeah. They had no offence done so. I could imagine hordes and hordes of people breaking onto the uh, the playing park. So kudos to Cardiff, who were well behaved. But yeah, I mean, yeah, their, their journey home will have been made extremely oh, sweet, won't it? You'd have just been oh, oh, absolutely on cloud nine. I bet it flew by. Absolutely flew by. Horrible. Our meetings with Cardiff sort of... are usually extremely forgettable, but I mean, neither sets of fans will forget that one. Hopefully, we can have a kind of day like that at Cardiff. We said the Tom Clark day, didn't we? Tom Clark night. But yeah, that'll be one of their I... best ever games. 
I think we levelled it relatively late at Ninian Park once. It was live on Sky. I didn't go. I think it was an early kickoff. Two all. Rel- yeah, two apiece. Callum Davison scored that. So I'm going to use the term again that we used on the previous episode. A real pile driver from Davidson. <laughs> Straight into those lovely nets at Indian Park. You know, those sort of quite amateur style nets. Great nets. Yeah. Um, I never got the pleasure of going to Indian Park, actually, but I believe it was a, a real lion's den. Oh, yeah, I believe so. Which is quite disappointing not to have, um, not to have gone. But, yeah, they tend to be relatively uh, mundane occasions, don't they, Cardiff? Just reminded me, we need to start some Adam Salisbury bingo, starting with Kudos. Pile driver might be in there. Denouement. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, so everyone can get the Hoisting your own petard. And... Yeah. Yeah. Just the phrase Peter Ridgedale, Alex Neal. Let's start there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we could make Preston North End Weekly design bingo cards and people could buy them. <laughs> yeah. Well, we get accused of monetizing the podcast even more. You've come in for some serious flack for the adverts that people have to put up with before they start hearing us, haven't you? Yes, apologies, everybody. But this uh, it does take some effort, this, you know, rattling these podcasts out, as we said last time. So, Not necessarily for me, because uh... I just rock and speak, but for you, you've yeah. got to edit all the absolute nonsense that I come out with that cannot be broadcasted. Uh, and and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. yeah, kudos to you. If I was a regular listener of this podcast, then I'd have great admiration for the work you do, not berating you for adverts like <laughs> some people have done. So, if I was you, I would just close out the haters completely. Mm. Isaac Richardson. Adam Brown. Confront- confronting me before the quiz. Yes. People need to realise that also you can skip these adverts. Like they're not compulsory. One, you two, three, four, and... We're in the guitar intro. There you are. Yes, indeed. Ooh, Robbie Brady, the knives are coming out a bit more after Saturday, aren't they? This isn't this hasn't helped Robbie one bit. This isn't what Robbie well, needed. Me especially, who are gonna look like an absolute idiot now, aren't we? After I came out and and chastened the fan base for jeering him off and for just being generally incredibly vindictive with him. And then he goes and does something as utterly brainless as this. For a bloke who's literally played at a, a rather high level now for as long as I can recall, really, 10 yeah. to 15 years, for a, a bloke already on a yellow card. And the original yellow card is stupid in itself, like running the length of, at the length of the pitch to get embroiled in a battle going on, to find yourself in the book was one thing. But then when they're on the counter, a relatively harmless counter as well, we had plenty of men back to then go and just take out the, uh, the attacker was... Was utterly criminal, to be totally honest. There's no, um, there's no dressing this up whatsoever. It was, um, it was poor from a person you can expect far better from. Like all that mm. experience in the bank, international footballer, played in the Premier League for God knows how long in a in a very rigid and disciplined team as well. Like it's not as if he was playing for a free flowing team. He were great and like like won every week. He played for Burnley, who seemingly lost every week but stayed in the league for years um, so yeah all in all really disappointing and um, and it it just immediately puts you on the back foot and ultimately you get hoisted by your own petard Tick. there'll be people at home with a line won't they it's a line on their bingo cards by now yes yeah We're, we defend players I think more than most don't we I think you speak to them and you see that they're 
genuinely good people, really. And nobody rarely means to do anything they do that's wrong. But, I mean, what is he thinking for, for the second? We've gone ahead four minutes later. And at the time, I said in the chat dinner that I think it was actually quite soft, the second yellow. Like, he's not meant to bring anyone down. But he's completely out of control, having watched it back. Like, he literally sprints at Yakumaita, like he's on some kind of, what's one of them game shows where you've got to, like, dodge things. Like, he's literally ran straight at him, and you're just going. Like, it was just Takeshi's ridiculous. Castle. Yeah, like a uh, gauntlet. Like, he's literally, I just don't even know what he's thinking. What he's thinking. <laughs> but we, also- we've said it before with Brady, haven't we? Sorry, you're right. You'll come back to that in a sec. But we've said it before that he kind of has this vibe that he can do things that others can't because maybe he's been at a high level. And but you can't do that. You're going to get sent. Off. You're going to. Don't matter if you've played for Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> you've played in print. You cannot do that. You're going to get sent off. Yeah, it, it was clear as day. This bookable offence, like they're on the counter attack, and he's literally clinically taking him out. But it all stems from that. We had a corner, which is the most annoying thing that Brady takes. And then it ends up coming out to him on the edge of the box and he plays that terrible ball back in. But yeah, but that's just a mistake. These things happen. You wouldn't be playing for North End if you could put like a delicious cross in every time. Uh, and he's eager to make amends, obviously, by like charging back. But Liam Lindsay has the chance to take him out, which would have been the right thing to do. And I'm not sure how he doesn't, really. He sort of has him at the waist and then Matey just keeps running on by and then yeah it's it's just a complete brain fade from Brady that's the only thing that I can describe really and then it, <laughs> he has the audacity to stand there and argue with Bobby Madley like what else can you expect Madley to do really yeah it was just clear as day second yellow card absolutely brainless and um, the abuse isn't warranted because there were some vile tweets weren't there like Twitter is a I don't, yeah I don't, I don't even want to see him no I didn't want the hashtag but having just briefly scrolled sort of uh, yesterday actually I didn't look after the game because it can be a real zoo Twitter but yeah the abuse isn't warranted whatsoever you can be highly critical without feeling the need to call someone a swear word or a genuinely like offensive term but um, yeah yeah not good you've seen the likes of Potts and Lindsay prove fans wrong and stuff but time was on their side wasn't it you just struggled to see how Brady's really going to do it. I mean, even for his experience, his confidence must be absolutely on the floor. Yeah. And then you obviously got 18 months left. So, I mean, God knows, because yeah. no one's coming in with a bid for Robbie Brady, are they? No. Yeah, the contract just makes less and less sense with every passing game, really. Like we spoke about it at the time, like it was a bizarre thing, like two years was odd. But to be fair, it would be remiss of us to say that, like, he's never had a good game for North End. Like, there's been games where he's genuinely proven his worth. Like, this is a bad right player, didn't he? Mm. It was fine. And like there were games last season where he was fine and genuinely had an impact on us winning games. So like he's not been like a horror horror player for North End. He'll never go down as one of the worst players that we've ever watched because it's just not true. But um, yeah, the two years raised eyebrows, and then when he starts playing, when he starts to regress as a player in his performances, there's obviously going to be people particularly annoyed. And it doesn't help when he's got 18 months left, like you said, because his confidence is on the floor and confidence in him has reached an all-time low. You'd imagine so, yeah. Because the main strength of having him would be his experience, but then you see things like he did on Saturday. So you can't, can you even really say that? And then there's, there's obviously the point that he can't really run, can he? 
and he's playing at wing back, which is the main thing you've got to be able to do. Yeah, yeah. so I just he doesn't, he doesn't have pace and he doesn't really have the stamina of Potts. Like, he won't say that Potts is quick on the other side, but he's got that will he and desire to run all day. Yeah. To use a horse racing term, a dour stayer. <laughs> um, whereas Brady isn't really anything, but he has got quality with the ball at his feet. You can't deny that he's a good footballer and has been a good footballer, but he just doesn't really fit what we're trying to do, really. Like, he's not a win back, and like when you're playing under Ryan Lowe, you're going to struggle a little bit if you can't really play in that, in that system. Yeah. We've uh, skipped to the second half, but there's a massive moment in the first, wasn't there? Did you have a good view of Jamilu Collins shoving his forehead into the head of Chet Evans? I did have a good view, but it it all happened at once. Like You're not necessarily watching that, are you? Like, no. Chet sort of takes him out, and then you're, you're sort of just looking away because the free kick's been given. That's like, a yellow card, isn't it? Without doubt. Then you're staying. Um, oh. Well, I was looking in the direction of the incident, mm. so but it wasn't just necessarily registering. So I yeah. thought, and plus, when have you ever seen Chad Evans flop to the floor like that? Like it was so uncharacteristic, and can't blame the, the referee for brandishing just a yellow card because, like, it was incredibly theatric from Evans, uncharacteristically so. Um, on reflection, it is a record, isn't it probably. Never um, seen the. Like, I mean, the video is damning, isn't it? It's yeah. just you, you can't you can't go in and put your head in like that. You know, you you're expecting to be recorded. I imagine the fourth man had a lot to do with it because. Well, what? Uh, yeah, I mean, he must right. have seen that. It's literally on his doorstep, yeah. uh, and he was talking to the referee on their earpiece or their microphone, whatever you call them, for quite a while. To be honest, I get the impression. Probably wrong of us to speculate, but I get the impression that Madley would have red carded him had he not had intervention off the fourth man. Yeah, it's a red card, and decisions aren't going our way at the moment, are they? Like, more or less every episode now in the wake of games, they're talking about how referees have have just got it wrong and three or four now, isn't it? But again, I can sympathise with Madley because if Evans went down like that and I was refereeing, I'd be thinking he's trying to pull a fast one. But, I mean, I guess Madley's yeah. got all the bodies in front of him. I've no, you've know, nobody knows what his view of the thing was, but yeah. like you say, I mean, the fourth official—if he's not caught that—then what is the point in him being there, really? Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't just the lean-in; it was the added movement, which I mean, you just get sent off for that every time, don't you? But lucky boy, and really, and if to be honest, if Brady a... doesn't get sent off, nobody's talking about that because we go and win no. the game, don't we? Absolutely, and that was the point I was trying. I was about to make then, like the fact that it didn't really cost us anything because we went ahead after the break. Everything's hunky dory. Like they look brittle as well. Like the keeper, I think. I think it was mentioned in the chat, wasn't it, that, he, that he's only played twice for Cardiff, or was, or was that his? Yeah, second, second league start. appearance, uh, and he looked particularly shaky. I mean, um, he might as well um, have ran out of the net for the Osmaich goal, wasn't he? Just a procession yeah, of come in and score. Yeah, I've no real idea what he's doing. Totally <laughs> it's a heavy touch from Milton who who could scarcely believe his luck when he's literally about eight yards out from goal. He takes his touch about thirty yards out, and then ends up unchallenged eight yards out. And he's obviously going to score. Positioning is mental. Mental. Maybe that's doing Osmaich a disservice, really, because he's a brutal finisher in front of goal. Like yes. 
when he gets a chance, it's in. He hits it hard. Um, so that's a great trait to have. He doesn't necessarily affect games as much as he's like. I thought he had a good game on Saturday, actually. He was a willing runner for large parts of that 10-man rearguard action, and he took his goal really well. But, yeah, you give him a chance in front of the goal, you can expect him to hit the back of the net, which is a great... It's obviously the ultimate trait in a striker. Fascinated to see him and Reese because they both... I'd say as my itch on first viewing is a bit more polished, but they're both kind of all power and pace, aren't they? And hitting the ball hard. That'll be fascinating to see. Yeah, I totally agree. With Brady, obviously, Ryan Lowe's... Sorry, go on. So I was just going to say that I had nothing to add on that. I agree <laughs> that it's an exciting prospect. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Lowe's obviously said after the game, I'll be honest, I didn't know he's on a yellow. And that's there's been quite a strong reaction to that because it is quite an incredible thing to come out and say. But as I said in the chat, probably someone should have checked with him, but does he mean he still didn't know he was on a yellow at the time he got sent off or did he mean he didn't see him get booked at the time? I don't know. The way he's phrased it is as if he still didn't know he was on a yellow, but I mean, that would be absolutely astounding if he didn't know that because it had been half time. There's other members of staff. There's phones. There's surely some in-house thing with like stats and stuff coming up, so I don't know. Yeah, it's not ideal. But again, like, is it really that relevant? Someone made a good point. As long as Brady knows he's on a yellow, that's the only thing that matters. Well, that's the thing. Probably Brady knew that he's on a yellow and still deemed it acceptable to go and take out a block on the counter. That's not Ryan's, Ryan Lowe's fault. Maybe it is slightly alarming, but I don't know. I don't really read into it as much as others might. You'll stay calm in these moments, whereas... We'll be fuming, literally fuming with that, only the doom mongers. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I... That's not um, that's not keeping me away at night. Awake at night. Just more weird than anything I would yeah. suggest. Obviously, got Ledson and Hughes on pretty soon after Brady sending off, and you're so close to that working. I mean, no offense, sat in, didn't they? And some people might be thinking, why have we not gone and tried to kill the game? But we did have a man less. Cardiff have some dangerous players, and we had chances still to score. We did on the break. It was just that. Cutting edge, wasn't it? The decision-making just didn't quite go our way, which could happen. The stakes are higher when you've got 10 men because you can't really afford for those chances to go amiss. Um, no. They ended up doing so. But look, it, Lenton and Hughes were the right changes. And they brought you know more of a rigid spine to us. And it was really close to working. I wouldn't have brought Miller on for I was my age. Um, no, I wouldn't. We're not, we're not sure about whether Milliton had much left to give because literally he was running around all day like Richard creswell S really. Um, he just ran and ran and ran. So maybe his tank was starting to empty. But then again, um, I would have rather seen Will Keane brought on for that more tidy link-up sort of stuff. Absolutely. Then, Miller's more of a Holmes replacement maybe in terms of speed. He just like. wasn't quite He just wasn't quite the sub really. I thought he was a bizarre sub at the time. But anyway, you know, we had a chance... Uh, even when he came on, uh, we just didn't make the right pass. But yeah, Keane would have been the better replacement, I feel. Because Miller, he's always like injured as well. Like he'd only just come on, he's limping around the gaff. <laughs> I think you what? What sort of thing is going Get on here? You've been on five minutes. Come on now. But uh, he's on long haul flights to play two minutes every few weeks. Maybe oh, it's yeah. taking its toll. Maybe you should just retire from international football if it's like hindering you that much. Yeah, bizarre so but. Well, 
Like, we're defending resolutely for the best part of 45 minutes. Like, they deserve great, great credit. And so my brother actually said, all we have to do here is defend the box and we will win. And then literally, as he said, that the boring back at net. Yeah. And then again, again in the winner, for the winner, we just don't defend the box well enough whatsoever. It's a free header and it's in. Mm. It was just horrible, weren't it? Because you saw yeah. the passion, you saw everything where they, where they were in it together and they were just putting out players all over the park. And then you get that horrible ending, which is deflating. And they've had that, you feel... They'd had that moment against Southampton where they chucked it away, and you, if they could have got over the line here, then you know this team becomes something else. They've learned from lessons. They do see games over the line, and they have done this season. But then it just—I mean, it's just football, isn't it? Three minutes, the picture, the the story completely changes. Confidence probably gets knocked. They were so yeah. close there to a great three points, and the. You've mentioned it, but how weird is that equaliser? It's not. It's nothing you can prepare for. That it's no play. It's smashed into a player and flown into the bottom right corner. And it might sound like excuses, but you couldn't really replicate that if you tried. It's just ridiculous. It was almost when it hit the back of the net. You're almost like it took a while to register because it was just a weird goal. Really bizarre. Yeah, and it it, it um, took a while for even the Cardiff supporters to register. Like there was a moment when the ball hit the back of the net. And like the air just came out of deep now, and then obviously their supporters were jubilant, yeah. rotten look. You can't legislate for that sort of look, but these things happen, aren't they? It's, it's real. Yeah, and then you've almost like kicked off, and they're in, they're there again, ready to score again. And you're like, oh my god, there's still three more minutes to go. We yeah. could actually lose. And then, you, I mean, what's going through our players' heads there? They've come through forty-four minutes of defending. You know been dealt that sucker punch and then they've still got to keep going until the 99th minute and I mean he's completely unmarked isn't he it's poor it's really poor Dreadful. but you, you you can imagine you like I wasn't surprised really I really wasn't surprised no there was almost a sense of inevitability about it once he equalised that they'd go on and win so it was quite likely that Cardiff would score so when we got reduced to 10 men like it was more likely than not that they would score because you know, it's a massive advantage playing against 10 men. I don't care what anyone says about how occasionally it can be tough to play against 10 men. Well, it's a lot harder playing against 11, let me assure you with that. Um, but it's just a cruel manner in which they did score, which was likely ultimately. But when you're sort of three minutes away from completing the heist and getting away with it and getting a massive win, it just feels worse. It just feels horrible. I mean, the equaliser was like the hammer blow and then the winner just not, just finishes off, didn't it? Knocked us out. But yeah, like I a think... boxing analogy where you get clocked late. Yeah. The, you sort of leg Wobbling. starts to buckle. Yeah, that was the Come equalizer. on then, just come and knock me over to the ground. That was it. The vicious shot to end proceedings came with the 2-1. That's it. I mean, we'd really praised Ryan Lowe's subs at Blackburn, hadn't we? And then after this game, there was a bit of confusion at... Miller coming on, Keane left on that. Keane is really weird. He's just as you said, it just seems suited for him to come on that game. He can run, he's mobile, he looks after the ball for you, he can score. And he what there was no issue apparently afterwards. Didn't like Frockyar went home ill on Friday, so that's why he wasn't really involved. What more could have come on, couldn't he? I mean, it's hindsight. Hindsight's wonderful, but he's good in the air. But you're not gonna get it right every single time, are you? Like I said earlier, I thought Hughes and Ledson were the right subs. Um, yeah, I thought you got that right. It was just 
maybe he might have either kept on Osmaich or brought Keane on for him as opposed to Miller. But like we're not talking about that remotely if North End go and hold out. We are. Um, no. That is it's it. just a little bit of a, sort of a, one of them that you might have done something slightly different. But I don't agree with the people who went on Twitter after the game and said, what on earth are those subs that have cost us? Because <laughs> that's just nonsensical. He's got the squad now, hasn't he? And most of them are fit again. So he's going to have to get it right more times than not. But, you know, you're three minutes away from it being a really good job from the manager and players. So good to move on to a game on Tuesday, but it's going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah, it just starts to put you on the back foot, that defeat on Saturday. Because if you win, then... You can go and you know, you grind go, a yeah. point. Yeah, you go and grind a point at Middlesbrough and all of a sudden that's like a really top couple of days with yeah. a winnable game against QPR on Friday. And then all of a sudden you've had one of the great weeks. Win, draw away from all midweek and win, win on Friday. Um, but it just wasn't quite to be... But um, no, that result of the weekend has absolutely no bearing whatsoever on what happens on Tuesday night. Um, it, it's a chance to rebuild, to bounce back um, and get some good feeling back in the place because God knows it needs it, despite us still being in the top six. People could do to um, take a step back and just realise that we are still in that top six and, you know, and the world isn't that bad a place in Preston currently. No. And Middlesbrough aren't what they were last season. Like last year, we got absolutely popped, didn't we, for 90 minutes. Well, but they haven't They haven't been that team this season. You've got to go there confident. I think it's going to be really tough. I do think it'll be tough. I'd probably take a point now, get QPR at home and try and get them beaten. But yeah, I think the league, I looked at the results on Saturday. This is an awful lot of football chat, isn't it, for Too us? Much. Yeah, far too much. Anything yeah, to people shall we just interject with something else? Have you been watching I'm a Celebrity? No. Tony Bellew is great. There's four minutes left of this recording, by the way. Yeah, and by the way, Tony Bellew is not great. He's one of the biggest idiots on the planet. Tony, Bellew. no, but he's he's funny. He's really funny. I, I cannot stand Tony Bellew. When he retired from boxing, he made a comment about how you'll never see me anymore. Like, that's me done. I've had a great career in the sport. I just want to go back and spend time with my family now. Which is great, Tony Bellew. Kudos. Kudos, Tony Bellew. You know, he beat Alunga Maccabi to win the World Cruiserweight title at Goodison Park. He had that swan song. He faced Usyk, where he might have been winning the fight, but got knocked out late. You know, kudos, Tony Bellew. Could have done much more. Quite a limited fighter, but conquered the world. Kudos. Every credit. Go and spend time with your family now. Um, No worries with regards to money. But here he is nowadays. Literally everywhere. That quote is the most ridiculous quote I've ever seen. I'm a celebrity. SAS who dares wins. Punditry every week on boxing. This guy is an absolute knob. Can't stand him. Won't be watching I'm a Celeb. Not just him. Nigel Farage. Knob. So there you go. That's why I won't be tuning in. They've split them up into like home and away teams. And he was with Nick something from Hollyoaks, Nick Picard, up against Fred, the French chef, and someone else. And they're competing for this breakfast of champions. And it's about who can get the most balls in a certain amount of time into this box. And Bellew is in like, he's convinced they've won. He's in the, <laughs> he's in like the I'm a celeb diary room after saying, I don't, I don't think we've won. I know we've won. <laughs> and he didn't. <laughs> he got beat. It was so good. Absolutely brilliant. And he's got this, I don't know if you've seen his moustache. He's like a, what's a moustache that goes down to your chin, yeah? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Tony Bellew. Bit of a meme, Tony Bellew, isn't he? (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I, I can't stand him. Really can't stand him. One of the most, one of my most disliked sports people in the world currently. Which is a shame. Yeah. How's the Tory getting on? Is that like Frankie? Who? Frankie the Tory. Or is he not in it I yet? Thought, I thought you said the Tory. Um, yeah, no, oh. he's only just come in. He's not really been on too much. Sam Thompson's dominating half the show. So, yeah, Britney Spears' sister's in there. So, she keep Marvin crying? Marvin Humes. Yeah, she, yeah, she has been crying a lot. I think Sam Thompson's Bob. one of the most I'm a celebrity people ever. Like, you can't believe he's not been in there before. I couldn't agree more. Astounding. Like, I'm pretty sure he has been in. He must have been in every year, yeah. Sam Thompson. I think he's been in every single year since it's inception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So will you be tuning into I'm a Celeb or not? No, I won't be. You won't be. Purely because you purely because of that. Well, I'll get Sorry, on to yeah. that. But the reason that I won't be watching I'm a Celeb is because of like I just can't abide Nigel Farage whatsoever. And I can't abide obviously Tony Bellew for a reason that I've outlined earlier on. I would though watch I'm a Celeb if it wasn't Marvin Humes but Rochelle Humes. I'm a massive Rochelle Humes fan, um, and she's class on on this morning. She's currently on this morning, like literally as of right now, I think. Oh, really? As we board here, yeah, big fan of Rochelle Humes. But anyway, um, were you a yeah, Saturdays fan? Uh, not necessarily. No, no. Just um, I just like Rochelle. But yeah, I've started watching this kid on BBC on BBC iPlayer, which is about uh, this. Irish drug cartel, and it's a, a pretty good watch, to be fair. A scintillating watch. I would imagine that it's based around the current Kinahan operation in Ireland and around the world, because obviously they're renowned, renowned yes. as a drug cartel. Pretty sure they are the um, most... I think Daniel Kinahan is the most wanted man in America, which is quite quite big, considering that he's just some like normal, normal bloke from Ireland, but... Um, but yeah, it's a pretty good. Kin, kin on iPlay for struggling someone to watch. Mm. Is that new? Yeah, I think it's relatively new. I think there's been a few episodes broadcasted on BBC One, but you can get them all on iPlay. So go and get stuck in or binge watch it if you're uh, if you're at a loose end. Did that uh, Milf Manor ever finish? Yeah, finished it. It wasn't wasn't quite. Did not live up to the no. hype. The, um, That's disappointing. Yeah, the outline of the series was incredibly exciting, wasn't it? But. Um, yeah, it just struggled to live up to the mantle purely because there wasn't a great deal of like intimate time between the milfs and the younger generation of people in there, which is disappointing. Mm. Uh, but hopefully, if the series rolls on to another one, we can um, we can start to see some romances blossom. Going back to the league, we're on about we're still sixth, and I've said this before, but I can't see Leicester, Ipswich, Leeds, Southampton changing in terms of those four clubs being the top four. But I do think sixth is open. I think it's there forever wants it. And there's a lot that wants it. Every year. There's a lot. We do, yeah. But I mean, we've played Hull. They weren't anything special. Sunderland, Blackburn, Bristol City, Cardiff a seventh. Cardiff a seventh. You know, Middlesbrough 12th. Some decent sides there. But I mean, someone's going to get in there who's nothing particularly special and probably get smashed by Leeds in the playoffs. Which, yes. which does, I mean, you've got to try and park that thought because otherwise there's literally nothing to play for if you just think you'll get smashed in the playoffs anyway. But yeah, there's not much, there's a much of a muchness between a lot of teams, isn't there? Which I guess is what the championship is. Yeah. You'd argue that 
quite a few of those teams that you've outlined there, like your Blackburns and Sunderlands, have a higher ceiling than what we do. Like the probably slightly well, the better teams are better players, but you know we're still in there pitching, so to speak. And it's worth noting that we are having this conversation in late November. Like it's not as if we're having it in late April, twenty seventh of November. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we're talking about whether we can claim a sixth place. Like, come on now. I'm just saying, I think it's, I think a, a team not significantly better than us is capable of getting it. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, in recent years, we've seen like Reading, Luton, Huddersfield all make the playoffs and do well in them. Barnsley. Yeah. There's loads. So, look, we are capable of doing it, but there's a long way to go in this season yet. Like, you should really only start to take the league table with any pinch, uh, with any sincerity in sort of Christmas Day is the cliche, isn't it? But I think um, I think more like mid Jan is a good measure of whether you're capable of um, of propelling yourself towards the um, top six. But for now, in management speak, it's just about collecting as many points as possible. That was great management speak, obviously. Ryan Law, manager. David Brent, management speak. Superb. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Middlesbrough in the car tomorrow. Yeah. Meeting a friend who lives in Darlington. He doesn't actually live in Darlington, but he works in Darlington Monday to Friday, so he lives in Darlington Monday to Friday. Wow. So we'll be meeting him. So we're leaving at about midday. Should be quite a good day, hopefully. Well, not hopefully. We will definitely be having a fish supper so no doubt we're talking about that on the uh, on the next edition of this podcast yeah and let's hope we can get a favourable result do you know where to get fish from in Middlesbrough I don't but I'll be doing I'll be doing my due diligence on the place to be fair I ought to know because we've played them quite a lot we have in the last sort of 10 years Um, so I ought to know, but I don't know. So we'll see. Also, it's good to mix it up in it in these places. Like you don't want to be going back to the same old places unless it's outstanding. So you know, it's good to get a real eclectic mm. taste of the uh, fish bars of Middlesbrough. Indeed, staying over, I think. Oh yeah, honestly, them drives because you obviously leave at kickoff, but the last hour and a half can be really. I mean, you're trying to keep your eyes open on your own as well. So I decided. Let's not do that. Let's just get back early doors Wednesday. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, I'm on your means like, on the company expenses. Like, you should really treat yourself. Get yourself a nice it's a penthouse suite in Middlesbrough. Travel lodge in Darlington. <laughs> well, I was... Glamorous. Thinking more sort of, you know, you could be overlooking that gorgeous transporter bridge. Imagine mm. opening your curtains to see the transporter bridge as you wake up. Sun rising and yeah, that'd be quite nice, to be fair. Yeah, I've never been uh, overly taken in by the bridge, I'll be honest. I know said, Dave Seddon used to really like it, but I mean, I saw it for the first time and did nothing for me. So maybe I need to, to me, go off a different angle or something. Oh, yeah, yeah you need to sort of spend some time appreciating it, I always think. It's a little bit like the Shubra sign on the M6. <laughs> um, you've got to sort of enjoy these sort of national landmarks. Yes. The Shubra sign and the transporter bridge. So much to offer in this country, isn't there? It really is. Well, this is it. Plenty Fantastic. We um we contemplated whether to stop by the Shubra sign recently. Like we were travelling back at like 
quite late. It might have been after Ipswich away, actually. And we contemplated stopping roadside on the motorway to get a pitch with the Shubra sign. But we ended up coming to the ultimate conclusion that that, that was an incredibly dangerous thing to do. But yes. could you imagine that as your Facebook profile picture? Like you in front of the Shubra sign? Yeah. It would be... Yeah, it you'd, would be one for the ages. Yeah, you'd probably end up on a few registers, wouldn't you? I don't know. Can you get put on road sign registers? It would be a ridiculous image, wouldn't it? It'd be an really. absolutely brilliant Facebook profile picture. You wouldn't have to change it for the rest of your life. be a great talking point, wouldn't it, to if you're ever meeting someone new. What's that about? Icebreaker. Yeah. You could just and say... You'd really let your personality come across. Or you could say, well, I've had a picture in front of the Shubra sign. What have you ever done? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, you'd str- you'd imagine they'd struggle to come back with something. Well, there you go. We're going back to January the twenty second, two thousand and eleven, at the Riverside. Yes. The year we were <laughs> yes. Oh, um, God. How many tabs have you got open? Come away. I remember this very well, actually. Uh, the away end was behind the goal at Middlesbrough, which obviously oh, nowadays. Oh, why don't they do the that side, again? Oh, a North End. And especially Billy Jones had a habit of popping late that season and scoring. And he came on rushing at the back post to um, to score, which sent wild celebrations in the away end. Wasn't actually there, but I recall watching it. Sort of. I mean, I remember the Forest one. I don't remember this one, really. Can't, can't picture yeah. it. Who crossed it? Oh, good question. I'm not sure. There will be an anorak, an anorak out there like... Jimmy Atkinson, who will know that, but I don't. But I recall Jones on rushing. Headed or kicked? Pretty sure it was on the volley. Right. But not yeah, like one I'm of those... Sure. Not like a, a, a devastating one, more like a cushioned one, controlled into the top of the net, I think. I hope I've got that Ooh, right. Oh, you're bringing great. something back there. Yeah. Like guided yeah. up into the yeah, roof yeah. of the net. Yeah. Really good. Um, Might be miles um, off, but I was actually at the one, um, Forest at one. Nottingham. Yeah, and I genuinely believe that that night North End would stay up because Lee Camp was giving it massive licks to the away end because they scored little Lee. as well. Yeah, little Lee Camp, <laughs> not quite as little as Little Dwayne Holmes, but still little Lee. But he was giving it Wigan in front of the away end. And then it was he who was at fault for North End's leveller because he slipped when he ought to have just come and collected the cross. And Jones obviously rose and again. And there was nothing aggressive about the goal. There was nothing brutal about it. And there was just that lovely sense of clarity as it floated its way home. And then as Phil Brown came over to the away end, I genuinely believed it was he who would save us. From the depths of League One, but it never happened. No, but yeah, good times. Well, not not good times, particularly bad. Mem- times. Memorable times for the wrong reasons. Yeah, Daryl Russell in the North End side that night. Leon Court. How did we go down with players like that? You really can't believe it. <laughs> What's your memory of Paul not- Hayes? Did you do regard Paul Hayes as a? I, my, I when I was younger, I used to think looks decent, Paul Hayes, but he didn't. Didn't do much, did he, really? Not really for us. He had a good time at Scunthorpe, didn't he? Yeah. He scored a level at, at again, it's a, it's a relatively late level, I think. At, uh, it might not have been late, actually. It might have been in the first half, but he equalised 
I went at Doncaster in the year we went down. And again, at that moment, I thought, this is the time. We will survive. No, um, we didn't. Eddie Johnson played that night at Doncaster. It remains one of the worst performances I've ever seen in a North End shirt. Um, <laughs> Eddie yeah. Johnson. Hayes, yeah. Not, not that great. He barely um, set the world alight here, did he? No, I can't imagine there's many Hayes 9 shirts out there and about. I'm sure someone's got one. There would be a real collector's item, though, wouldn't they? I think I've got a collector's item like, in years to come. I think I've got a Musinio. Was he 18? <laughs> Musi- a Musinio 18. I don't know. Something along those lines. 20? I want to say 20, 21, something like that. Possible. Yeah. I really backed to the hilt. John Musinio. John Musinio. When he got given club captain, I thought, this is the man to get behind. The Moose. Moose. Didn't do his Preston North End love any good at the weekend, did he? Beat him 4 0 at that lot. Yeah, but oh, he was fuming after the game. Was if he? you ever want yeah. If, if you ever want insight into how Portsmouth play or are playing, then look at Ian Dark's Twitter, uh, the broadcaster. <laughs> yeah. he, he's an yeah. incredibly level headed chap. Um and he said that Blackpool were really impressive. Um, but there was a key moment at 1-0 uh, where they were either denied a penalty or a red card. Something along those lines. But yeah, Blackpool obviously went on to run riot. Which is weird when you... like <laughs> Just a glimpse at their sort of Twitter. So like they, they have like a real love-hate relationship with Neil Critchley, don't they? They want to hate him, but they sort of have to love him because... We're, because results are going quite well and they're likely to be towards the top end of the champion uh, of League One come the end of the season. Mm, so, yeah. League One. Yeah. yeah, League One is important to note, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Well, hopefully our next chat is discussing a really, really good away result at Middlesbrough. It's going to be difficult, I suspect. But it, I think after a crushing blow like Cardiff, to bring something back from there would be great. So... We go in hope. We do. An ideal will North End will either win or like have one of those real horrible turgid draws and then mm. a nice f- fish bar to accompany a pleasant evening on Teesside. And obviously yeah. the transporter bridge will be a highlight no matter what happens. For some. Farewell. I shall see you soon. It's the 90th minute and Peony are on the TV. You're watching with all your mates and the McNugget share boxes are open for all. Your pal's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Result. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com on the McDonald's app. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.